Hello, ladies. Hello, followers. Um, I have not posted in quite some time. Um, I feel like I've been starting a lot, a lot of my podcasts with I haven't posted in a while. Um, like the, all of us in the world right now, we are quarantined and a lot of us are teleworking. And um, for those of you who have been furgoed or who have less hours at work um, and you're supporting children by yourself, um, my heart really, really goes out to you. Um, if there's any way that I can help any of my listeners, specifically my single mothers, please reach, feel free to reach out to me um, on my Instagram, which is nicksknits, N-I-K-S-K-N-I-T-S underscore. Um, but I really, I really do send out, um, extra, extra strength to all the single mothers who either have to work, um, during a crisis like COVID-19, um, for the sake of putting food, you know, in front of their children, or for those of you who, um, have lost your jobs over this. Um, I can't imagine for my followers who are going through that, um, I, I do fully believe that the universe and the earth somehow does fight and does, um, does do things for single mothers. I, I think mother nature just really does, um, watch out for us in, in, in different ways. Um, so, so I believe that and, and hang in there. Um, again, reach out to me and and if I can network you with someone who can help you or if I can help you in, in any way, you know, um, but this whole quarantine has been exhausting. Um, I mean, I am, I have never been so exhausted being a mother than being stuck inside with a toddler 24 seven. I mean, I feel like I'm drowning. Um, quite frankly, I feel like I'm drowning. Um, I'm sure a lot of other single mothers who, um, who don't have a support system or who don't have like myself, someone to like a, a you know, the, your children's father to hand your children over for, for a break. Um, I know you are, you probably relate to this drowning feeling. Um, it's exhausting. And, um, and, and I, not just for me, right. So for the first few weeks I, I kept saying, I'm exhausted, me, me, me. But I stopped one day and I thought, well, what about my daughter? Right. Imagine how, what she's going through and she's, her entire life just turned upside down and now we used to go out all the time and now she's she's stuck inside she went to school she had a um she had a system where she went to school and I picked her up and we went and did our activities and now she's just stuck inside we're not doing anything and so she's also going stir crazy so it's not just about me as the mother this is a hundred percent um you know her whole life turned upside down and so she's doing a phenomenal job. Um, but I am teleworking and, um, I don't have the type of profession where my teleworking is just sitting behind a computer and just typing stuff. Um, I do have the type of profession where I do brief, um, seniors and I, um, senior executives and I have to be on the phone and talking to people all day, all day long. Um, and so it is extra difficult when you do have to talk on the phone and you do have to brief and you have a toddler in the background and there's nobody who can just take her for an hour or two just so I can do my presentations. Um, so it is hard, but like anything else and like everything else, uh, we have all made it up until this point. So we will get through this. Um, but I've been in a little funk um, and also being in isolation on top of it is not helping the funk um, at all. I've, uh, 
I've thought about inviting some of my, you know, some, some men over, not some men, not multiple men like that, but, um, one of the, one of my guy friends and it would truly just be truly just hanging out. He, he is simply a guy friend, nothing more. Never have we had any sort of sexual activity between us, but I thought about inviting him over and he could hang out with us, but it's, I don't want to risk bringing, I don't want to risk COVID-19 with my daughter or myself. And it's, and I I just feel like that would be a selfish situation to put my daughter in, um, as lonely as it's been with COVID-19. Um, it's been both really, really busy and really, really lonely at the same time. It's been like a really weird experience. Um, from, from morning to night between work and taking care of a toddler, the time is flying. It's also going by very slow at the same time. Um, but, and then it's also, um, it's lonely. It's just, it's, it's weird. Time is, time is really weird right now. Um, so I haven't invited anybody over, nor will I. Um, I just, I don't want to risk that. Um, but I went, I've actively, now I've been using my Tinder a little bit more. Um, and so I, my Tinder account and, um, I have met, I've been talking to a few men and we, I've FaceTimed a few men. So that kind of helped a little bit because we can't go on dates right now, obviously. I'm sure some people are still going on dates. I am not going on dates right now. Um, and so FaceTime is a great way to kind of um, to kind of break that break that ice a little bit. It's kind of like a date, not really. Um, but then the whole thing with that is then you kind of got to do your makeup and your hair a little bit. And I'm like, my like, I'm done. Like I am so done. Um, that some days when I'm between chasing after a toddler and then working and then I'm like, damn it, I told this guy I was going to FaceTime him at 830 and it's eight o'clock and my hair looks like a rat's nest and my face has nothing on it but moisturizer from the night before. So if that. So um, and then I'm like, I don't want to I'm not trying to do my hair and then put on a little bit of makeup right now to FaceTime some guy who probably it's not going to be that interesting and I'm exhausted. And so I'll end up canceling on a lot of them. But if I have the energy, um, if I have the energy, I'll be up and do it. I'll be, you know, I'll I'll go and do it. And there was this one man I was talking to. We had great conversation and, uh, and I really liked him. I was super physically attracted to him. And he, he, he basically wanted me to prove that I was real by FaceTiming him. And so of course it doesn't help when you're like, making excuses why you can't FaceTime when the real reason why I don't want to FaceTime is because I've been a mom for 24-7 since quarantine and I don't want to get dressed up to FaceTime you. Like that's the honest to God reason. But telling that to a man who doesn't have children is pointless because they don't get it. You will never understand what this is like unless you're a single mother having a child in your house 24-7. You just won't get it. So I'm not going to try. I don't have the energy to try to explain it. So I just say, listen, I'm tired. Can we do it? Can we do it tomorrow? And then tomorrow comes around and I'm so exhausted. And I say, listen, can we do it another time? So from so you keep postponing a FaceTime meeting and um, obviously now I come across like a fake person or he called me a bot is what he called a BOT, like short, like a, like a fake account, which I understand from his perspective putting myself in his shoes, I do understand how that comes across suspicious. But um, that the honest reason is I just don't want to brush my hair for you. <laughs> That's the honest reason why I don't want to FaceTime you. So um, I'm sure a lot of my listeners understand this or you've been in that situation. You're not alone. It's very, very normal. We're all, I, I, 
I don't know if we all are going through this, but you have at least one other person who is experiencing what you're experiencing. Um, But I have been talking to a few men and obviously there's no set date to meet any of these men in person. And um, but it's been it is what it is. Right. So we're just we're just talking. Um, And I just want to also kind of get back in my rhythm and I kind of want to start feeling like myself. I haven't got my eyebrows done. Like I want to get my hair done. I want my nails. Forget about it. I don't even know what's happening with my nails. So it's just like everything is just out of whack right now. So I'm not really in the position to be in like this flirtatious mood at all. But I also would like to talk to other people. And I have some girlfriends I talk to, but it would be nice to talk to some men. And so it's like this weird, it's this really weird situation right now. Really weird. I don't know. It, I'm trying to communicate it as best I can. It's just weird. Um, but what I would love is, while before I forget, if you have any stories about quarantine and dating that you're going through, I would love to hear about it. I really would love to hear about it. Um, my Aside from just the Tinder encounters here and there with men who I've never met and don't even know who they are, I do have one. It's not really a romantic Tinder story, but it's, I guess it's kind of a cute little story. So there's this guy, he's actually a neighbor of mine. And when I say a neighbor, I mean he's probably, I would say he lives, I don't, I don't, know, I don't even know how to calculate in feet. I'm not good at that measurement stuff. I don't know, 60 feet for me, 100 feet, something like that. Really close. I can throw a rock to his to his. Uh, to his um front door so him and I spoke a year ago we've never met in person we just spoke I was never super interested in him so we texted here and there and then since we've been quarantined um mind you this guy has been very consistent and he constantly reaches out to me and I've just I give him the short end of the stick or I kind of end the conversation because I'm not like super interested in him but since being quarantined I'm like all right let's just talk to this guy so him and I have been talking a lot um he doesn't he doesn't like push me to face chat with him he doesn't push me to send pictures for him he doesn't like force me to like do anything for him so it's like so easy he's so understanding um but it's but i've he's kind of growing on me a little bit and um uh he just he is so easy to talk to him and so he's grown on me in the past few weeks um but uh i talked to him for like three and a half hours the other day and uh and we just talked like I don't even know what we talked about but it just ended up becoming three and a half hours um but yeah so so that's been nice I mean do I think it's gonna go anywhere with him no um I've never met the guy so but it's it's totally been this it's been this relationship for a year off and on via text only and then now we've just started talking on the phone and um and I've asked him for pictures or you know I've asked him for certain pictures to like make sure he's real and he's he sends them um, and he's never asked me for anything back. Um, and so, yeah, that's been kind of nice. And I know that a lot, I, I, this I know about a lot of women who are doing online dating with toddlers. I, for me personally, I hate when I have to prove myself that I'm a real person online. N- nothing irritates me more than when a man says, well, send me a picture doing this or, or send me a picture of you right now doing this. I, immediately I'm turned off. I, and I usually end up blocking and deleting them. Not because I can't prove that I'm real, but because it's just such a turnoff. Like, if you want to prove that I'm real, right? Like, well, I understand we're quarantined right now. So it's, so this is a little different situation. But normally, right, 99% of the time, if you want to see that I'm real, be a man, invite me out for coffee, 
tell me a time and a day and I'll show up and we can meet for over a, a, a you know, a freaking $10 date. I'm not going to sit here and send you pictures of me in this outfit and this outfit. Who do you think you are before you've even invited me out? No, I don't. I'm not into that. And um, it's it's so it's so classless and it's so tacky and it's such a cheap way to to talk to women. Um, so and I'm sure there's a lot of women that will go out of their way to feel the need to prove themselves. I am not one of them. If you are not one of them, more power to you. You're not alone. Um, so but going back to this, this one individual, this neighbor of mine, um, it's so ironic how close we are and we've never met. And it's just but he's kept me a little bit of company. It's been easy company. Um, am I super physically attracted to him? No, but he but I'm not un, I'm not uh, I don't find him unattractive either. He's just not like my number one go to. Um, but maybe that's been the reason too. Maybe what I'm physically attracted to doesn't match to what I'm emotionally attracted to. But, um, but that's been happening. Um, regarding, um, just trying to give some, some big updates. Um, my daughter's father and myself, there's nothing really new that's been going on there. Um, he did have her, what was it? So he has her two days a month. Like I have, so I have custody, but he does get her two days a month. Um, just for those of you who, who need an update on that situation. And I also have new followers. Um, thank you to my new followers. You recently added me on Instagram. Um, to my new followers, do send me messages, please. Introduce yourself. I, I love getting to know your story. If you want me to talk on certain subjects, please, please let me know. But to my new followers, so so I have, I have custody. My daughter's father um, is with her two days, two days a month. Um, there are things that I don't want to necessarily explain on podcasts because this is a public channel, but there are things where I could go back to court and get, um, and take away those two days of visitation, um, if I wanted to, because there's things that have happened, but I am not going to do that. Um, I think it is important for my daughter to see, um, her dad. And I think it's super important for them to have a relationship and I have no intent, um, unless my daughter of course is in harm's way. Absolutely. That's a different situation, but I have no intent to, um, end that relationship. I think it's really important that they have a good relationship and that my daughter's father and myself, we just have a very, I I described this in one of my podcasts, respectable relationship. And I give him the same respect as a stranger. And that for me, that, that thought and that practice has really worked for me. Um, he's a stranger on the street. That's how I, that's the same way I would speak to them. Um, I wouldn't see a stranger on the street and have animosity or hatred towards them. So I'm not going to have that approach towards him. Um, and I'm also a big believer on the feelings and emotions that my daughter's father has made me feel, um, should not ever get in the way between their relationship. That's, that's, that's a battle between, well, I say a battle. It's not a battle because it should never be a battle, but that's something between my daughter's father and myself that I'm not going to use between them two. Um, but, um, so I, so I leave it at that. Um, but there's been talk about him now wanting to leave the state. So that's been a new update since we've last, um, since I've last been on here. Um, not because he has a job offer, um, and he'll be, it'll be, he'll be basically across the country, basically. Um, and he doesn't have a job offer. He doesn't have any friends there. Um, his mother is there and his stepfather are the only two people in that state. 
and um, he has just decided that he wants to move. Uh, whether he moves or doesn't move or if that happens, I don't know. This is just something for the past several months he's been discussing more and more heavily. Um, it's a little disappointing that he's essentially, because if he moves, he's not going to see his daughter anymore. Um, and so it's a little disappointing because my daughter is, it's actually very heartbreaking because she's at the age where she talks about him all the time. She wants to FaceTime him all the time. Um, you know, she brings up stories about him. And so it's going to be hard, I think, for her. It's nothing I think, I, I think we'll just adjust to it as, as time comes and, and like everything else throughout this, situ- throughout this journey of being a single mother, everything, right? You, you take it as it comes. That, that's all you can do. I'm not going to pre-plan anything um, when it happens and if and when it happens, I will take it in stride and then, and then we'll just combat it. Um, but it is, it's a little disappointing that, that he has no reason to move. Uh, it would be one thing if he said, hey, listen, I got this job offer, making this much money, and I have no other job offer, there's nowhere for me to go, um, and I have to take it, right? That would be a little different, but for him to go there with nothing, there's nothing there for him besides his mother, um, when he owns a house in this area, and he has a job here in this area, career, not a job, a career here in this area, uh, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to me. Um, and no, there's no other woman over there. Um, not to my understanding. I, I have a pretty, pretty strong intuition. I have a very strong intuition. I have a pretty strong gut instinct. Um, I don't believe there is another woman in the picture. Um, I, I truly don't believe that. I've also asked him, um, and I've also, we've also had the conversation where if there was another woman in the picture, or if there was a man in the picture that we would have the respect for one another for the sake of our daughter to tell each other um, so that we know. And we have both, we had both, that was an easy topic. Um, the both of us had agreed to that and it was, it was, there was no, dis- we didn't even argue about that. Um, so if I did meet someone, I would let him know. And if he did meet someone, he would let me know. And I'm confident that he would. Um, so I don't think he's hiding a woman and I don't think there's a woman in the state that he's going to. So, so that's that. But, um, he's essentially leaving his daughter. You know what I mean? He's done that the first time he, he, when my daughter was several days old, he, um, he physically kicked her out. He, he physically grabbed us and put us out and changed locks on us. So, um, so he's done that once and now, and she was several days old then, and now she's two and a half and he's, you know, he's not physically changing locks physically this time, but he's, he is physically leaving. So, it is what it is. Um, it's, it's hard. It, this whole every, this whole experience is hard. Everything about this is hard, but it is what it is. Um, talking about it makes me, it does. It, it makes me a little, a little heartbroken, not for me, but it does make me a little heartbroken, um, for her a few weeks ago when he was hanging out with her for that, that two days a month that he gets her. Um, it, each time it's actually less than 24 hours. So drop off will be like anywhere from noon to 1 p.m. Let's say, right? It changes It changes every time depending on what our, what we're doing and what's going on in both of our days. Um, but let's say noon, right? We drop off and then I'm usually picking her up by 10 the next day. So it's actually less than 24 hours that he gets her at a time. Um, but the last time I said, I said, Hey, why don't you hang out with her? She was having a good time. I FaceTimed, I checked up on her and I said, listen, why don't you hang out with her for an extra few hours and I'll be there. You know, we can push our, uh, pickup time by three hours. Okay. He goes, 
gives me a hundred and a half reasons why he can't hold her for an extra three hours on that Sunday afternoon. How he has to, I mean, it doesn't even matter what the excuses are, right? It doesn't even matter if it's because he had a doctor's appointment. That, that shouldn't even be the case, right? The reasons were, I don't, I mean, reasons like mowing the grass was one of his reasons. Cleaning up the house was one of the reasons. It, 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 it was so disappointing. And I had to, I tried convincing him a few times. And for me, I was just sitting at home, so I had there was nothing I was doing that would that said that she was having a great time. They were outside. He has a really really big yard, um, and so I just figured, well, at least she can you know she can play outside in a yard where it's in a safe area and they're not six feet from. Like for example, in the city I'm in, there's a million people around me, so this whole six this whole six foot quarantine policy is like very very difficult. So. Um, so my daughter hasn't been really outside much in, in my house. Um, but at his house, he's got a huge backyard and she was having fun and she hadn't been outside in a while. So I was like, why don't, and it was a beautiful day out. So I was like, extend it, like let her, let her play a little bit longer. And he didn't want to do it. Right. So, um, so I've said this before about him and I say this again, he's great with her in very short increments, in very short increments. I feel comfortable um, in very short increments. He's great. But once that short increment is done, it's done. I mean, those two days a month, it's, it's, it's plenty for him. It's plenty. It's all he can take. It's all he can handle. And even the short session that it is, less than 24 hours that it is, it's plenty for him. There, he, get, he just gets overwhelmed and he starts to just shut off after that, after that point. Um, it's always been a lot. I wholeheartedly know that he adores his daughter and that he loves his daughter wholeheartedly, but he's, he's incapable of being a dad and a father in the sense of how I envisioned, which was more than 48 hours a month. He's just not capable. He's emotionally not capable. He's physically not capable. He's, um, he's just not capable. So, um, so that's just been my update with my daughter's father and, um, I, I, I cannot, and as single mothers, all of us, we cannot let the emotions and the hurt that, um, that happened between our, our children's father affect us because that's not fair for us. Um, it's not fair for you to, to let, have this, uh, weight on your ankle. And it's also not fair for your kids. Um, so, so I have, and I have said this in my previous podcast, I have forgiven my daughter's father for the emotions that he made me feel. I have felt emotions from that experience that um, gives me shortness of breath when I think about it. Um, it, it does. I, I, I feel my, my body physically reacts to, to it when I think about the emotions that I felt. Um, but it, it, um, I have forgiven him for making me feel the darkest emotions that I, I know I will ever feel in my entire life. I, I, right. Never say, you know, I, you know, God knows, I don't know if I'll feel any emotions as deep as that, but up to this date and what I forecast the darkest emotions I have ever felt. Um, but I forgave him for that. I had to, I had to forgive him for that. I did not, nor will I, as of right now, forgive him for the acts that he did, to myself and my daughter, the physical acts, I can't, those acts, he doesn't have my forgiveness on, but the, the way he made me feel and the way that I feel, I had forgiven him. I had to. Um, 
And uh, for some of you, for your with your children's fathers, maybe you did forgive them both the emotions and the acts. And that's very, very respectable. And I think you're an incredibly strong woman for doing that. Um, some of you, you might have not forgiven your children's father for the emotions that they made you feel or the acts that they've done. Um, and you have to do that on your terms. So that has to be something that you come to peace with yourself you can't come to peace with an, with your daughter with your children's father um that peace you can't find with that person so because you can't find that peace with that person the only thing that you can rely on is the peace within yourself and i'm not saying you have to find that now and i'm not saying you have to find that next year whenever you're ready and whenever you have had enough and you are ready to, to come to peace you will do it that I know. You'll you'll do that when it's your time. So don't feel rushed about it. And every, we all as single mothers all have our own schedule and, and, and stick to your schedule. Um, my daughter now has changed so much from my last, last podcast. She has changed so much. She's a, she's a little kid now. She talks. She tells me everything. She tells me full sentences. She tells me what she likes. She'll repeat things that have happened. Um... I mean, she's a, she's a full person. Like it, it, it almost feels like it happened overnight. And I know a lot of my listeners who have kids who are older than two and a half. Um, I'm sure you understand what I'm talking about. It was like overnight I woke up and all of a sudden she's talking and she's doing things like she she wants to cook with me. We made cake the other day. Like she, she cooks, like she makes, um, we made not cake, Well, we have made cake together, but yesterday we made, um, chocolate chip cookies and she like makes them in balls and then she'll like grease the pan like I didn't even ask her to grease the pan like she knew to grease the pan it was so wild watching her do it and I'm like oh my god but I forget she's a human right like she's an actual person so of course she's gonna pick up on these things but um it was just really funny to to watch it to experience that um but as she's getting older the older she's getting the more I'm like oh man I, I want a man in my life for her. Um, I think when she was younger, I was 50-50 on it. When she was a few months old and I started um, dating. Isn't that wild that I started dating when my child was a few months old, right? Usually when your child is a few months old, you're with the child's father, right? Normally, but hey, what do I know about know about normal, right? But um, but so, so when, she, when I was dating, when I was a few months old, I was kind of torn I was like well if I find someone and she has someone great if not you know no big deal I was really 50 50 on it I, I was good going either way with finding a man and 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 him being in her life at a really young age or just her and I growing together and um kind of doing our thing but now that she's getting older and she's becoming so mature that's such a weird thing to say call a two and a half year old but it feels like she, I mean she just she just I feel like And I don't have any other children, so I only have one two-and-a-half-year-old. And I don't have anything to compare her to. But I feel like she's really mature for two-and-a-half. And and I compare her to her friends. And, of course, her, her even her friends at school... I only see them for what an hour at a time, right? When we do hang out, so who knows what's happening the rest of the time? But but even then, when I compare her with that hour as she's hanging out with her friends, she just looks physically and emotionally more mature. And I think a lot of that is because it's just her and I. And so she does have to adapt differently. Um, 
she doesn't have like the other parent to go run to and act a different a certain way so i think that that to some extent does develop maturity in a, in a child a little differently i don't want to burden her and i actually do make an effort i make a really strong effort for her to know that she is a child i don't ever want her to feel that she has any responsibility with my emotional state or or with my or with my happiness i don't want her ever linking herself to my happiness that's um that's a like emotional warfare to some extent and that's psycho i don't think that's emotionally healthy um to do on a child so so i i do make an effort i want her to know that mommy's happy when when she's with me mommy's happy when she's not with me mommy is just mommy is just happy in general so um so i want her to always see that i don't i don't want her feeling pressure to do that um and i say the this exact thing very specifically because i was raised with a single mother who um who i'm sure she dated men right i never she just never brought them around but i'm sure now that i'm a single mother and a woman um and my mother was beautiful 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 woman i'm sure she was sexually active and had men and and took care of her needs but um my brother and i just only saw her as a single mother and i felt a lot of emotional pressure on my shoulders all the time as a child because I felt and it gave me so much anxiety and a little bit of OCD um, growing up and that's anxiety and OCD I'm sure that I still have as an adult but I just felt so responsible for her happiness and I felt like oh my god I remember I remember when we would do when I would do physical things with my friends like riding a bike or we had a swing set on a tree and I remember I w- it was like one of these little wooden chair swing sets and I remember thinking if I fell because there were a lot of rocks big big rocks underneath and I remember thinking if I fell and hit my head on a rock and I died what would my mom do my mom would be a mess and I all I thought about when I was on that swing was how devastated and what my mom would do if, if I got injured um, and I was so stressed out that I got off the swing because I didn't want to fall and hit my head on the rock because of my mother and what that would do to her. And there was a lot of things, a lot of a lot of ways growing up that everything I did, um, it came back to my mom. Like I didn't want to make her upset and I'm all she has and I was the good child compared to my brother. My brother was such a troublemaker, such a troublemaker. So I felt like I could never step out of the lines. I can never step out of the lane. And um so I never had, uh, you know, I never had like the adolescent years. I never rebelled. I was such, such a good kid because of the, of the anxiety I felt with my mother. And looking back at that situation as an adult, my mother did put that burden on me. Um, I could talk about this topic for days, um, preferably with a therapist probably, but, but absolutely my mother did put that burden on me, um, but I know she did her best as a single mom. I, oh, my mother did the best and a phenomenal job as a single mother. So I'm, I'm not at all, um, you know, bashing my mother as a single mother, but she did it. And that, that was what she did. And I'm sure my, my daughter, when she grows up, will say things that I have done that I don't know, realize I'm doing. And I'm sh- that's just right how it works. But, um, but because I encountered that, I consciously am aware of not doing that to my daughter and for my listeners 
consider that advice too, whether you have gone through that as growing up as a single parent or not. Just try not to have your child be your emotional happiness because that puts too much burden on them and they should be kids. I really think my daughter should be a kid, should live like a kid, should get injured like a kid and know that mom is strong, whether she's hurt or not hurt. I'm grounded. I got my stuff together. So, um, but going back, I don't know how we got on that topic, but, but backtracking to dating though. Um, so now that she's at this point and now that she's at this age, I am pretty confident that I do want her to have someone in my life now. Um, and I kind of feel like this is a good time to bring someone in my life. Um, so I'm like, so now I'm starting to feel pressure about dating. I'm like, oh my God, I'm not meeting anybody. Um, and then I'm not going to lie, baby fever has struck a little. Is that so crazy to say that? I've kind of been like, oh, she's two and a half now. Like, how can she not have a sibling? And so now all these things are going through my head and I'm like overwhelmed because last time I got married and with my daughter's father, I feel like I planned life too much and life took my nose, rubbed it so hard and said, let me show you why you're not going to plan your life and we're going to do what we're going to do. Um, so now I'm like, I'm not trying to plan life. Like, let's, let's just, you know, do it, do it what it is. But, but I do feel pressure for her to have someone. And, and this is such a perfect, this two, two, this two and a half age, I feel like is such a good time to bring a man into her life. Mind you, the horizon is empty. There's no men even right now in the picture. Um, so she's not going to be two and a half by the time, if that ever happens, if life decides for that to be in my, in my, in the cards, it's not happening at two and a half. She'll probably be God knows what age, but right now is a really good age. I feel like she's at this really cute. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. Very, very hard and stubborn and, and tantrum age, but also this very, very cute and innocent and just her, her mind, her mind's a sponge right now. Like she's just picking up everything right now. Um, so it would be nice. And then she's two and a half and I'm thinking to myself, oh man, how can she not have a sibling? Whereas, whereas two years ago, I was like, my daughter's going to be a single child. That's it. It's going to be her and I will figure it out. And now I'm like, how can she not have a sibling to the point where I even thought about, okay, well, if I don't meet anybody, I'm going to do a sperm donor and I'll just, it would just be the three of us. And then I was like, Nikki, slow it down. Like, let's just take this one day at a time but I just and I'm sure all my listeners on here I'm sure you all at the same time think of everything right you're thinking about everything you're thinking about ways ways oh my god is my career stable is do I have a career making enough money as my children get older I've thought about that I'm sure you all have thought about that you think about am I going to meet someone is is there a time that a man should come in and be with my children. I'm sure you all have thought about that. And then I'm sure you all thought about other siblings and then having more children. It's just like all these different thoughts while at the same time trying to raise a child during all of this, right? Trying to raise a decent human being and then trying to also take care of yourself. And then we're supposed to work out and and still maintain ourselves and like take care of ourselves. And it's like, Oh, sometimes I just want to raise the white flag. I just want to wave the white flag and just surrender, like surrender. And sometimes when there's so much going on and so many different thoughts and so many life just pulling me in so many different ways, I 
just mentally envision this white flag going up and I do surrender. I'm like, let me just, let me just take my, you know, my bird's nest hair and pajamas that I've worn for, we don't need to say how many days, several days in a row now. Let me just make my child breakfast. Let me just take the eight hours of phone calls and briefs for work and let me just make it till bedtime at 7.30. And then the next morning happens and I'll handle whatever's going to happen then. Um, and that's normal. And that's normal. It's, it's, it, all of this is normal. And if you can relate to any of this, um, any part of this journey, you're doing a great job. Um, sometimes I just want someone to just hug me and say, Nikki, you're doing a great job. And this is so normal. And everything is, everything you're encountering is normal. And, and it's going to be okay. However it ends up, it's going to be okay. So I don't have that. Um, so I don't have that. And with my mother, um, I was never able, I don't even have that with my mom and she was a single mom. So you would think it would be a great opportunity for us to bond, but it goes back to that upbringing that I had with her. We never, ever had that close bond. I was always the, I was the parent. I always felt like the parent in that relationship with my mother. And so I always felt like I had to be the emotional rock. And so because I was never able to be the vulnerable child with my mother ever, 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 ever. I was never, ever allowed to be the vulnerable child. That relationship stuck that way. So now that I'm an adult, we don't have that vulnerable relationship. Um, she has it with me and she calls me when she cries and I talk to her and, and give her that support and tell her everything's okay. But I don't have that with her. Um, and then my father left when I was young. So I don't have, I don't, I don't, I mean, I know who he is, but him and I haven't spoken in years and years and years um so um you know so I don't have that so and to my other listeners who don't have that I want to be that for you and I'm I can't give you a physical hug but I'm sending out a virtual um hug to you all uh you're doing a great job remember if you need to surrender that white flag surrender the white flag um I'm you all are doing great um with this quarantine and teleworking and being stuck inside, you're doing great and hang in there. If you have, if you want me to talk about any certain topics, please reach out to me on my Instagram page, N-I-K-S-K-N-I-T-S underscore. Um, I will continue to post on this, on my podcast. And if any dating updates happen, I will hundred percent let you all know. Um, I've also been I think I've told this, I don't know if I have told this earlier, but I have been writing a book. Um, it's been, it's been a year and a half now, almost two years that this has been, it's very slow. It's very slow, but there are pages coming along, more is coming along. Um, and, uh, when, if, and when this thing gets published, I'll also let you all know. And all my, all my listeners can also, um, get information on that. But again, that's just, this is me really just forecasting. I'm just trying to make it through, you know, (laughs) through tomorrow through tomorrow's bedtime I wake up I do my best and I just try to make it through the end of the day um but but my plan is for to eventually get my book published and to want to finish my book and then edit my book and to get it published but um single mothers you all are doing great I'm sending my love and my support and we're 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 in this together you're you're doing great so hang in there and until next time we'll chat soon